Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after absolutely blowing your butt out in game one? Did they blow their butt out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Their weekly mission to provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the <laughs> nose test didn't? The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the Radio.com app. It's just turned into a gigantic Mexican. And 1080TheFan.com. Hour two of the Sinner and the Saint. If you missed anything from hour one, you can download the Les Schwab Tires podcast wherever podcasts are sold. 1080TheFan.com. Radio.com. What? Radio.com app. What do you mean sold? What? There's a guy outside who's selling podcasts. You remember? He had that big uh, coat on. He was, uh, hey, you want to get a podcast here, buddy? You remember at the beginning of the 2000s, that was what um, digital music and digital audio files were like it's like you go to the online store and you would pay for individual files they used to have the uh the ipod vending machines too oh yeah I remember those yeah well yeah. and they had them all over vegas i was living in vegas in the early 2000s it seemed to be, like they had them in grocery stores and stuff you just be on the way out of vons and there's uh there's an ipod vending uh, machine i do know that still in airports today they have like high-end electronic vending machines where you can go like yeah. get like beats by dre headphones or like a tablet i mean yeah. you, you like put your credit card in and you pay like 300 400 it's all retail price but you know it's for people who are so uber rich it's like oh i forgot my tablet let's yeah. buy a new one <laughs> yeah they, well they always have the high-end store i don't think i've seen the vending machines but yeah they always have the store that's selling like the nice wares Cause it's like, hey, I got you, I got you right here. Oh, did your, uh, did your Casio's uh, break there? Yeah. You want me to hook you up here with uh, some beats by Dre? Let me tell you, uh, 
I do enjoy myself the weird uh, prize at a vending machine in usually like a grocery. Now, have you ever seen this? Have you ever uh, been to Winco and you've seen the prize grab thing? Yeah, like the claw machine? Yeah, there's the claw machine. And then the one where you have to hit the number exactly on the prize no, as the light goes one. up and down. Well, anyway, the top prize usually is like a pair of knockoff <laughs> like Beats by Dre's that like at first glance you go, are those Beats by Dre's? Yeah. And then you look again and you go, oh, no, those are Beats by, uh, you know, Alizé or like, like Beats by Glenn. Beats, Beats, by, <laughs> Beats by Dan. And the logo is just backwards instead of like, it's like a capital D. Beats by Ben. Beats by Ben. Yeah. Beats by Trey. I don't know. There's a million we could do. And it's just a guy's, uh, yeah. on the back, it's just a guy, in a, you know, in a hat, just some real, just plain logo. And he's like, I made these headphones at my house. They technically work. Well, you 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 remember my uh, former co-host, uh, Keith Hill, on this show that we did the show with. That guy loved uh, the knockoff stuff. He would get the, the Chinese uh, championship rings for his Auburn oh, Tigers. Oh, that's right. He had knockoff beats by Dre. He got me a pair. He's like, yeah, these are really exclusive. I'm like, no, these are garbage. <laughs> It fell apart like two days. I'm like, oh, give these back to your guy. And he's like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. No, no, no. See, that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I'm like, they don't, no sound comes out. Yeah. And the wire's broken. And then this piece of plastic's falling off no, already. No, no, no. Bad. No, like, if you listen really close. Yeah. 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 He's like, that's I'm going to get my Chinese championship ring. All right, cool. I do remember that. I do remember that he, like, he was, he was like, oh, yeah, I got a chat. And he showed us on air. And I had to, like, I had to not say anything because I wanted to be like, dude, why? <laughs> I don't think there would ever be a point in my life where if one of my teams won a what, championship. One of your teams, the only team you care about is Oregon State. What's well, your no, other the Blazers. Team? The Blazers oh, won. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, if the Blazers or the Beavers won either the NBA title or the national title, I still don't think I would go out and be like, you know what? I'm going to get a ring. Because when you do that, you're insinuating that you were part of the championship. I was on that team. I was frigging there, bro. I played. Yeah. It's like, well, that was last year and you're 33. So that doesn't make sense. <laughs> What's going on there? Uh, yeah. But you know what? There's people that just have that, uh, that love a passion for it. I don't know, man. Where's your but, wedding ring? My uh, what? Oh, uh, I don't wear that. I don't, I don't wear that. It's not comfortable. No. Why are you wearing that giant knockoff championship ring? And, like, who's going to be impressed by it? Check out what I got. Oh, sweet. How'd you get that? Ordered it. <laughs> eBay. From China. From China. I don't know. I, I think you and I have talked about this before. I don't really understand the whole memorabilia thing. I just. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. But, you know, there's a market for it. I, I mean, it's the same thing as, like, gambling in that, like, there is a whole swath of people who are still sports fans, me included, that, like, don't understand the whole yeah. thing of gambling because I look at sports and sports games as, like, incredibly unpredictable events. So yeah, I true. don't know why I would throw a bunch of money on it. But as you're about to say. What? No, what I was going to say is. That's why people like putting money on it. Well, no, no. I, what I was going to say is, is I'm this, you and I are, are very similar in that fashion where it's, yeah, the unpredictability of it. But the, the, the idea of going, I was right. Dude, nothing happened the way you said it was except for the score. Yes. So you were, you were wrong like 200 different ways. Uh, what I was going to say is there's, there's a whole slew of people in this world that 
could give two rips about sports. Hmm. And it's it's funny because we very often in our little worlds, you very often think about like all of the things that are familiar to you and just seem so natural to pick pick any of your biggest passions. There's somebody that has no idea about anything that you're talking about. And the way that we talk about sports, especially you and I, where we're, you know, I mean, we're part of this station and everything and all the guys on this station are just into it. The conversations we have outside of the show Everything involved. That's how we ended up here, right? But it's just funny to think that how much of the world doesn't care about American football or doesn't care about sports at all. And if you got stuck in a room with one of those people and all they wanted to do was talk about like classical music or something, you just your head would explode. I'm glad you mentioned this because I was flipping around on channels the other night on uh, um, you know on the television and I went past uh, PBS. And something caught my eye, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" And I started watching. Do you know what Scrimshaw is? Scrimshaw. The word sounds familiar, but I could not tell you. It is scroll work, engravings, and carvings done in bone. You know what? I was just looking at it. I got the deer a few weeks ago, and so I took it to the taxidermist, and somebody had done all the carvings in the bone. I didn't know that's what it was called. So, but I may have seen it. What you're talking about is a perfect example of. There are probably people who, like, live their lives to Scrimshaw. Sure. Like, that is their thing, and they're just, like, friggin' into it. You and I will never know even the first, like, well, sure, but that- moment of dedication that it takes to be good at Scrimshaw. Conversely, that guy probably looks at us watching college football, and he's like, what the hell is that? Well, why are you doing that? But, there, but there's also things that, like, that we have an awareness of, like, that we know exist in the world. Like rugby is a perfect example. There are people as passionate about rugby. I I worked with a guy. Who, like if you ask them a question, they give you a detailed breakdown. You'd be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> cricket. Cricket is that way. But yeah, I knew a, I worked with a guy from New Zealand and he played professional rugby. And he was, you know, the most important thing in the world was the all blacks. Yeah. And it was like everything to him. But he started talking and your eyes just glaze over and you have no clue what he's talking about. But we talk about college football and all of these things just like that but there are there are things that are you know popular enough in the world but it's just funny that there are people out there that just have no concept of sports like how much does your wife care about football a little little did she Uh, oregon and oregon state she'll stay up on it yeah. yeah, you know, because we both went to college at Oregon State. We both hate the Ducks. So, yeah, like, that's fair. she keeps up on enough to, like, know the players. Not enough to hate the Ducks. Yeah, like, she knows the player, some of the players. Yeah. Like, maybe one or two. And she knows their records. And that's it. Yeah, there you go. She's actually pretty good. Yeah. So, I don't know. But everybody's probably got somebody in their life that you don't know that's just like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Congratulations. Did you use the... Uh, 10 centimeter knife to create that boat on that deer horn uh science fiction would be one of those things for me so when you bring some science i'm like ah star wars that's about all i know but yeah people get into that i'm just like i'm lost um we wasted an entire segment there i wanted to talk about uh mullets a little bit more i wanted to talk about minks uh, there's all these things I wanted to get to, but we need to get to the preview of the game that we've been waiting for for years. It feels like Oregon Stanford. We'll tell you what will happen in that game. So if you don't have time to watch it, you won't have to watch it because we'll predict it perfectly precision accurately next center and Saint on 1080 the fan and radio.com. Indeed. It is the center and the Saint. It is a pack 12 
Saturday. It is a Ducks game day. Yeah, Ducks game day. As soon as we're done here, it goes right into the Ducks coaches show. Uh, Andy the Dirt Johnson and Anthony Newman will be in here at noon uh, for your Ducks game day. And then we'll uh, kick it over to the boys and Eugene, and they'll take it over from there. 4.30 kick today. You do not have to shut up the fan all day. No. All your things, Ducks, are right here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Jerk. You jerk? <laughs> Listen here, you little jerk. Well, uh, Will? Yeah. You've said that uh, you don't know what you're going to get from this game. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to get from any of the players on the Oregon side. Uh, but that's not true. Oh. We do know a fair amount about this defense mm. and especially the defensive line. Mm. Um, that is at least a spot where I'm looking at guys like Jordan Scott, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, do you see that as being the strength of this Oregon team? Well, it's the strength of this Oregon team, at least on paper for what we know now in this game, because of what you had mentioned before in hour one is the fact that well, Stanford's offensive line is almost non-existent at this point. They've had many, many injuries. Um, and so, you know, all that we can predict at this point is, yeah, if you got Jordan Scott, you got Kayvon Thibodeau, and you still have an incredibly good defensive coordinator, and you understand how to beat Stanford's game, which for the most part, as we understand, is just ground and pound. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they kind of change it up. But uh, that is their kind of apparent strength. Um, it can't be overstated enough how much we don't know heading into this game, how much we don't know heading into all these Pac-12 games today. And I even point to the game that's on right now, Arizona State uh, SC, Arizona State now up uh, with this field goal, 17 to 14, just about 10 seconds left in the first half, is we don't know what type of condition these players are going to be in. I've been watching this game. There have been so many unforced errors that it is far more uh, apparent than what would be a regular season opener. Yeah. Because it does happen in season openers. You're just a smidge rusty playing in game compared to what fall camp is. Uh, but this is on a whole other level because for the most part, you've been having these weird stagnated practices where you maybe some teams didn't have a spring ball, spring ball. Uh, maybe your fall camp was a week. Um, it's just you're going to see a messy type of play no matter what, how talented you are. Who does that benefit? I think for the most part that benefits Oregon. Okay. Um, you know, of if you think of it, of who has the least amount to mess up in. Now, you know, we talk about kind of the inexperience, in-game inexperience that Tyler Shuck might have, but let's also just recognize that Tyler Shuck has been in the system. He understands. He learned under Justin Herbert. Uh, from the moments that we've seen him in games, he seems solid. This is also going to be a new offense under G offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead. So uh, we don't know, you know, possibly how he's going to react to that. Another guy to look at would be C.J. Verdell. Now, the reason I mentioned C.J. Verdell specifically is because if you know anything about his running style, it is bruising. Mm -hmm. This guy is about picking a hole, committing, and just running straight. Yes. Um, and to his detriment sometimes. Yep. I wonder in a Joe Head more, uh, a Joe, Joe Moorhead. A Joe Head more Joe state. Head more, I know, his game's kind of. Uh, I wonder in a Joe Moorhead offense how that's actually going to translate because you, for the most part, what we've seen that, that he did at Mississippi state, you're spread out all over the field. So how is CJ Ver, uh, Verdell going to benefit from that when there's probably going to be a lot of zone blocking schemes and he's going to have to make cuts. CJ Verdell doesn't make cuts. Mm -hmm. He plants his foot and he goes straight. 
Yeah. I think this will tell us a fair amount about Mario Cristobal, too. I mean, we yes. we, we blame Marcus Arroyo for the conservative offense that they played, <laughs> but you also had a head coach that signed off on that. I mean, the idea that the... the he took the good with the bad. Well, yeah, but the, the idea that the offensive coordinator uh, lives, you know, in a bubble and doesn't have any contact with the rest of the coaching staff, the head coach has a fair amount to do with game planning. He's not completely dismissive on that. So I think you have to look at it and go, all right, how conservative is Oregon going to be because conservative would benefit them. You have a great pass rush. The strength of the Stanford offense is their passing game, especially their wide receivers. Again and again, everybody just says all of these guys top to bottom are, are absolute studs. You have an uber talented quarterback who again, hasn't been healthy, but the idea that Stanford has this big play capability out there and you have a defense that has pass rushers, it should be a fun back and forth of that. But that leads to a lot of big plays, break or bust moments for Stanford. Mm. And what you need to see is if, if Oregon is going to be conservative on offense, here is what I expect to happen is I think that they will build up a lead but you have to watch out for Stanford as the team that actually has a comeback ability. And when you throw caution to the wind, I hate to bring it up for Oregon fans, but people were ready to crown Bo Nix as the greatest quarterback <laughs> in the history of college football for his game-winning touchdown that he threw against Oregon, right? Yeah. And what was that pass? It was a guy chucking the ball off his back foot, throwing the ball up, let his wide receiver go and get it because that was the only chance he had to win that football game. Yeah. And it worked. So everybody thought it was a great play. What happened after that game is they just going to elbow next. It's just kind of okay. It wasn't a great throw. It was a great physical effort by the wide receiver, but it wasn't a great throw. It wasn't a clutch moment. It was luck. And that is what you're going to come down to is I think this game will come down to a few plays where the ball is chucked up and who can make a play. And you're going to have a quarterback dropping back that will be, if he has enough time, we'll be able to pick a number of great targets to go after. But if you can have your first five-star defensive player in school history on him quick enough, that eliminates the entire field. So I think it comes down to what happens on those make-it-or-break-it plays on a tip ball in the secondary. Does it come down as a reception or an interception? On a drop back where you have pressure, does it come to a sack or a throwaway ball on the sideline. Those big plays are what this is going to come down to, which to me makes it a really, really fun game to watch. Uh, the other thing that I kind of want to look at, do you think we have the dreaded split QB time? Ooh. Because I don't the Anthony know. Brown, yes. Tyler Shuck play by committee yeah here's the thing i switch in series hate so much about this is that there is so little evidence to prove that that is a good strategy sure it like never works ever ever i can think of two recent instances but both of those instances the two quarterbacks were incredible <laughs> uh you had cardale jones you know, Cardell Jones didn't split reps. He, he came did. in after injury. But no, but he did with um, what's his face Barrett. Yeah, but that was yeah, that was after they had won the national championship. But they did. Uh, but that next season, I remember okay. him and C.J. Barrett went rep J for J. rep, or J.J. Barrett. Thank you. Went rep for rep, 
And it wasn't until Cardell Jones was out of there that they finally gave J.J. Barrett the reins to the whole thing. J.J., now he's J.J.? Yeah, C.J., J.J., D.J., Look, RJ. John Barrett. The other instance that I think that, uh, you know, this ended up working was with Alabama and Tua. And Jalen Hurts. It ended up working. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts came also. in and came threw. in at the end, threw a touchdown, and they yeah, won the national was, title. That was the guy splitting reps. That was... Hey, we need to win this game. We need a guy who can throw the football. They technically split reps. And again, you are proving my point here. <laughs> Jalen Hurts was... about about to split reps yeah. with uh, Carson Wentz, too. Yeah. But, but again, you're proving my point here in that, like, there's incredibly rare instances where a two-quarterback system works. And those are not two-quarterback systems. But it's a technically a two-quarterback <laughs> no, system. No, it's not. Shut up. We brought in a second quarterback. Though you're saying that the Philadelphia Eagles with, with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles was a two quarterback system. No, it's or completely the, a two oh, quarterback oh, system. Oh, 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 Phil Sims, uh, Jeff Foster. Uh, well, that was very much so. They split reps. Yeah, the, the Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady. That worked great. But I think that you might have a temptation if, say, in this game you get to the, maybe the second quarter uh, and things aren't looking incredibly positive. And I think that's kind of one of the first early warning signs that you have when it comes to QB competitions. And what better year to have a QB competition than this weird protracted six, seven game season in, in respect that like <clears throat> essentially what you do, clearing my throat, <laughs> essentially what you do doesn't have that much consequence on a national scale. Yeah. Let's just all agree at this point. Again, we said this at the start of the show in hour one. If you go 7-0 and in this Pac-12 season, your chances of making the college football playoff are still at about 5%. Yeah. Because people already have the negative viewpoint of you're probably going to miss games because of COVID. What better time to experiment with Tyler Shuck and Brown other than now? Yeah. Give well, it a go. See what happens. Well, we've heard it across college football that there are a lot of players that would have gotten a nod had it not been for the lack of, of reps. And sometimes you just have to see it in practice. There's another fumble in the USC. Just to just to speak to what you were talking about earlier, uh, the, the mistakes being made. Another fumble in USC, Arizona State. Um, but the lack of reps sometimes hurts the the younger player i remember in justin herbert's early uh practices you started hearing guys like darren carrington coming out and go man this kid throws mm -hmm. the best ball in camp and that was spring practice yeah and then eventually you have enough time to go out there and enough reps with your guys so i don't know what anthony brown has to offer but if if it was a normal year. You wonder how different this competition would be. Uh, another one that I can think of that actually, now that I'm kind of racking my brain, and again, it worked, Tebow. but it wasn't so much a Tebow two and leak. But you know what? That actually did kind they of won a work. national championship. Yeah, I mean, Tebow didn't take any meaningful reps. He just was on the he did the jump goal line. Yeah. yeah, whatever. But it kind of worked. The it's other one no I can think of reps. no meaningful reps. Just goal line. Just scoring situation. Just red zone. I mean. Come on, meaningful Ian. snaps. Dude's like 6'3", 250. What are you trash on Devo? Yeah, I didn't do anything important. Just scored. Uh, locally, I take this more from a personal standpoint. Sean Canfield, Lyle Moyval. Oh, well, there you go. And it actually did, in fact, work. Um, it worked in a sense that, like, they kept getting injured on and off. <laughs> but, like, it ended up that you were splitting reps because it started the season that Sean was starting. Then he kind of got hurt. Then Lyle came in. Then Lyle kind of got hurt. So then Sean came in back in again, and it just kept going back and forth like that. It did, in fact, work. We had a very good season. We well, won nine go. games. So 
Um, but again, injuries are not yeah, injuries the same are, thing as. But you know, again, I just want to finalize the point that you know you take a look at a season like this where you know you're playing seven games, you have a lot of freeway, or uh, a lot of leeway and freedom to kind of experiment with what you want to do. Because I think there are a lot of Duck fans out there and college football fans that look at this season as not so much an opportunity, but kind of re- of uh, of a pause. It's just kind of like, oh, thank goodness we're getting football. But you know what? If we don't get to, you know, the national title or we don't get to maybe that Rose Bowl that still hasn't been confirmed yet, eh. 503-250-1080. Uh, We'll take a break here to get your scoreboard update. But here's a question that I have for all of you Duck fans out there. What, if any, path do you see to a college football playoff? My, I'll I'll tell you my guess after this. We'll we'll, we'll do the scoreboard update. But um, there, I think a lot of fans believe there is a path. And uh, I think it involves Notre Dame. We'll discuss it next. First, we'll, first, let's do the scoreboard update. 503-250-1080. Do you see a path to the college football playoff, and what is it? Send those texts in. Uh, right now, your scoreboard update. Hello, Welcome back hello, in. So Watching so Arizona State USC. This 9 a.m. Pac-12 kick. I'm digging it. The fans there seem to be having a great time. I don't see too many people on Twitter getting all... <laughs> Puffed up about it, like, oh yeah, Pac-12, 9 a.m. Yeah, not a big East Coast contingent going. Where has this been my whole life? Oh my gosh, now I finally have something to watch while I eat lunch. They just did a uh, turnover montage uh, to come back from their commercial break. It's been a little bit sloppy, but 17-14 right now, Arizona State over USC, number 20 USC. The one thing that's always bothered me about this idea that keeps getting floated out and I guess now has come to uh, fruition of uh, 9 a.m. Pac-12 kicks Mm -hmm. is that it's not so much that people on the East Coast are going to watch the games now because – if they didn't want to watch it in the first place, they're not going to watch it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, well, let me put it this way. Like, if if uh, if TBS, for some reason, had a financial incentive for everybody to watch Spy Kids 2, the movie, <laughs> them broadcasting it all day on TBS is not going to make me want to watch Spy Kids 2. <laughs> Works with a Christmas story. Yeah, right. But like on Christmas if Day. I don't want to watch a Christmas story, I'm I know probably not gonna tune in. So I guess that's kind of the thing that bothers me about this 9 a.m. kick is that I don't think people around the country are so interested in just watching Pac-12 football for the hell of it. They want to watch players yeah. and they want to watch something impressive. That's what made so many people in the country pay laser focused attention to it in the two thousands because you had a USC, you had Matt Leonard, you had Reggie Bush. At the end of the 2000s, you had the Oregon Ducks. You had, you know, this blur offense that was exciting to watch. That's what people tune into. Yeah. I, You know, an empty USC stadium where they're underperforming right now against an unranked Arizona State team. I don't know how incentivized I'm going to be on the East Coast at 1230 to go watch this. Yeah. Well, the you brought up the blur offense, and uh, that kind of leads me into my thought on this. So I asked uh, our listeners, 503-250-1080, uh, 
what you think the Ducks need to do? Do you think there's a realistic path to the path to the college football playoff? Uh, somebody comes in seven and zero record, probably needed for the Pac-12 champ to reach the playoff. Big Twelve will lose uh, minds if they only have uh, five games or go four and two. I think that's pretty obvious. But if you have a seven and zero team with a Pac-12 championship. I think that that's the only the way that it happens, but that might not even be enough because if you have a Florida team that beats Georgia today or whatever happens and you have two great USC teams, Ohio State will be undefeated, depending on what happens with Notre Dame and Clemson today. But if you have Clemson undefeated, the thing that you need or you likely need is you need to be 7-0 and in dominant fashion. And that leads into the Ducks game today, which is – you can't be conservative. You you have to go back to the blur offense. You have to go to the, if we're up, we need to be up more. We need to go out there and play a two-minute offense the entire time and never switch to a four-minute offense. Well, most coaches would tell you that that's probably not what you want to do. No, I don't if, think it is. Yeah, if you don't have the horses to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I think that we mentioned the blur offense so much when you talk about, like, winning by these massive uh, percentages, but you know, usually that comes along with having the talent sure. and just running your game plan. Like coaches don't go into games if they're already just a good team and they go, you know what? When we win this one, we got to just win really hard. Yeah. Like, no, it's not really up to you. It's more up to the flow of the game and, and just, you know, if you can get the win, get the win, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I just think that you need to. So, I mean, that part of the reason I brought up the, the 9am kick is you have the audience when you're dominant. When you're winning, people will eventually take notice. But if Oregon goes out today, or if Stanford goes out today and wins by 30, everybody's watching their game next week. And they're watching it with bated breath to see if they can do it again. And if they win another game by 25, now you have people's attention. The quicker you can get a hold of the national attention, then you have a better chance of making the college football playoff. So if you have an opportunity in the fourth quarter to go up by 30, take it. Mm. Versus putting in your backup quarterback, putting in your backup offensive line, putting in your third string running back. Now, you can still score in those opportunities, but you go out there and you do everything you can to look dominant and be dominant in in every possibility. You don't you don't you don't pull out your horses until you have a very very comfortable lead. That's what she said. Um so also looking at the entire college football landscape, you have to see what Notre Dame will do. You need Notre mm-hmm. Dame to lose twice. You do. You need them to lose twice eh, because at this point you need the, them to lose once. Uh, what I'll say at this point, it looks like the Big 12 will not have a representative. Yeah. Um, just looking at the case, Oklahoma looks bad. Texas is always incredibly unreliable. Um, so that means you'll probably already have two SEC teams. I, I'm just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> that will take the spot. Well, no, you have Clemson, Ohio State. And I don't even know if you'll have. I, I think it'll turn into a competition between the Pac-12 and the Big 10. Really? Yeah, because I well, think. Well, Notre it, Dame's there for sure, but. But that's the thing. If you can knock mm. off Notre Dame, ensure that the Big 12 will not look as good. You already have teams like, say, uh, you know, Clemson and Alabama who will have automatic bids. It doesn't yep. matter. Um, I think you'll now come down to a point where will another SEC team kind of sneak in there? And then it's up to you against what we presume to be Ohio State yeah. to get that last spot. That's why this is so difficult. And you can compare those two resumes together uh the big 10 
and the Pac-12 because you both started relatively at the same time. Yeah. And you both relatively have the same paths to your futures in December and January. So with with all, with all of that said, and, and, and somebody has a good point, don't know what Huskies or Utes can do about a six-game schedule besides beat every team by 60. Um, it, it's going to make it incredibly difficult. All you can do is win every game. But I will go back to what I said uh, earlier in this show, and I stole this, I think, from Dirt. But, man, just enjoy every game you get to watch because you might not to get to watch all seven because they might not all be played. It might be two or three games. Uh, there's been rumors of Wisconsin season being uh, canceled uh, for the rest of the year, depending on what happens uh, with, with them. So it, it enjoy everything that you get to watch. Uh, and, yeah, root for your team to win every game. They say college football is great because you have to win every game. Couldn't be more true this year. If I do it, love how you're saying that. Well, you're, you're repeating this phrase. All you can do is win every game. <laughs> no, I know, but, th- but that's always been the thing, right? I, I, like I, college football, you have to win. It. Nobody ever, ever wins every game. You know, it's, that's, it's very rare. Even yeah. Alabama does not have undefeated yeah. championship after undefeated championship. It is extremely rare to do it in a full college football season. Hey, YOLO, bro. This <laughs> is the ultimate YOLO season. <laughs> really? Just go out there and go nuts. You only live once, dude. Just friggin'. Throw everything you have. The uh, first play from scrimmage for Arizona State this morning against USC was a uh, double fake reverse. <laughs> like, screw it. Who cares? <laughs> so, Tyler Shuck, get in there. Uh, whatever the play is sent in from Joe Moorhead, change it to four, uh, four deep and just send everybody to the house. Just chuck it up. See who you got out there. Run you- the barn door. <laughs> <laughs> the swinging gate? The, the barn door swinging <laughs> the, the gate offense. Ladder. Do it. Who cares? <laughs> Going to be a lot of Statue of Liberties out yeah. there. Dude, try the peanut play. So last time that didn't work. Go the fumble ruski. <laughs> Make it an integral part of your offense. <laughs> the fumble ruski option. <laughs> our, our base is fumble ruski option. That's it. You literally don't know where the hell the ball is. <laughs> like On defense, you're like, look, I would love to like... I would love to make first contact and approach the box, but I literally don't know where the ball is. I can't remember who did it last week, but somebody did the old uh, guard lines up over the ball and center lines up like one position off. Just have a different lineman line up over the ball every time. That's right. Just snap from a million different angles. Uh, You'd love to see it. I'm sure somebody in junior high is running it very effectively, but uh, it doesn't very often make it up to the college level. Uh, We will tell you what to watch. It's what to watch. It's next, Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080, the fan. All right, welcome.
Welcome into the first Ducks game day edition of What to Watch. Uh, we told you uh, what might happen in the game, but this is where we give you one little thing within the game to watch for. What's the one thing, one player, one moment that you're watching for uh, in this game, Will? Okay, I'm going to go two. I'm going to give one for the Ducks, and then i got to give a shout-out to my alma mater. Well, no, you get to do that one next. Okay. But yeah, Ducks one right, first. Ducks, uh, Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead. What's the offense? Yep. What the hell are they going to do? Uh, Tyler Shuck is completely unproven at this point, at least in big game situations. So we need to see how the offense is actually going to form around him. If we know anything about Joe Moorhead offenses, it's about the quarterback, the quarterback's decision uh, at the line of scrimmage, his ability to audible. How well will Tyler Shuck be able to retain all that information and actually put their game plan to use? Kayvon Thibodeau, the player of his caliber, uh, the pass rushers tend to have their biggest jump from their freshman to their sophomore year, and then they actually have a little regression mm. because they know they're going to the NFL. Will he be, be that type of player that is so disruptive that uh, that he can take over a game by himself? So that is the young man, especially with a weakened offensive line for Stanford and a quarterback uh, that uh, has some weapons to get to. If he can shut them down, that shuts down very much of their offense. Now, Will... What do you want to watch uh, with your beeves? Beeves taking on Washington State. I want to read you a quote that Jonathan Smith gave uh, one local newspaper in the Oregon area uh, about his quarterback or suspected uh, starting quarterback for today, uh, Christian Jebia. Quote, we liked his decision-making and his understanding of the offense. I thought he got more accurate as camp went on, fall camp that is. He did not. Or he did get pushed with some competition that actually helped him, but at the end of the day, we feel like he gives us the best chance to move the ball and score. <laughs> it's not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> wow. That is uh, coach speak for, well, we didn't have was the else. best we got. So I will be looking <laughs> to see if uh, Jebia, who was uh, cherry-picked out of uh, Nebraska, yeah. not so much cherry-picked, but transferred, yeah. Uh, it can live up to what his recruiting rankings were before he got yeah. into college football. Uh, also, the Nick Rolovich era kicking off for, oh, that's right. for Washington State. Uh, the the other thing I'll be watching for this weekend is uh, Bills Seahawks. Mm. Uh, Russell Wilson apparently is trying to trademark let Russ cook. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> And Why? It's not him. It's his team because they no, think they can dude, make money. See, out this of is it. exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> like he tries to make things happen that like should happen naturally. Tom Brady tried to to trademark Tampa Bay, so it's it's a thing. Yeah, and they're that both they, equally I insufferable. I agree. You can be a great player, and you don't have to be likable off the field. Uh, but can the can the Seahawks keep rolling? Uh, Let me tell you something. I think somebody said that once about me. Let Russ cook. I think it's catching on. I'm gonna keep up with it. Hey, what are you watching outside of sports? Very quickly. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. I got hooked on it, dude. My wife got me. Watch Mandalorian. Not yet. Uh, Mandalorian uh, season two is out. Uh, it's a good start. Two episodes out. Um, hey, uh, right after we're done here, we're going to the coaches show at noon. Uh, Anthony Newman and Andy Dirt Johnson with Ducks Game Day. Uh, game right here on the fan. Everything you need right here on the fan uh, all day. Ducks Game Day is finally here. Everybody enjoy it. We're done. Bye bye. You must always face the curtain with a bag. Forget about your scene. Give the audience a good. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.